Thank you, choir. Beautiful job leading us to the throne this morning in worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Turn with me, Mark chapter 8, or rather chapter 12 this morning, verses 28 to 34. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. The number one spiritual question of people living in the Garland, Saxe, Rowlett area is what do other belief systems believe about Jesus and why does Christianity believe as it does? That's the number one question people have that live right around us. So we are now into week number two of a six-week sermon series entitled Jesus Among Other Beliefs. And we're answering this question. We're examining the six major belief systems in our world and in our culture right around us, those that influence influence us right around us, how they view Jesus and why we view Jesus as we do. Last Sunday morning, we looked at Jesus and Judaism. And this week, we're going to look at Jesus and a belief system that has been around for almost 1,500 years before Christ came all the way back to the Indus Valley near Pakistan. And that is the belief system known as Hinduism. Hinduism. Although Hindus will tell you that their beliefs are timeless. They've always existed. There's not a beginning nor an ending. So, but for the most part, goes back to the Indus Valley 1,500 years before Christ near Pakistan. Now, Hinduism has greatly affected American culture. I'll talk more about that a little bit later but it's greatly affected our culture right around us. There are one billion Hindus worldwide. There are 2.2 million Hindus in the U.S. In fact, there are Hindus are the most educated of any belief system out there. Uh, 48% of Hindus in the U.S. hold a postgraduate degree. 48%. So Hindus have attained the highest level of education of any belief system. Also, Hindus have the lowest divorce rate of any belief system. should be Christianity, but it's Hinduism. Holds the lowest divorce rate of any belief system. Now, earlier this decade, in the early 2000s, Hinduism was the second fastest growing belief system in America right behind Islam. Islam's still the fastest growing in, in our culture. And for a long time, Hinduism was number two. It's still a fast-growing belief system in our culture. Now, there's a passage of Scripture that Jesus spoke in Mark chapter 12 that addresses the beliefs of a lot of Hindus. Read with me this passage starting in verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, the first of all commandments is, and he quotes the Shema from Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. 
So the scribes said to him, Well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there's no other than he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw, he answered wisely. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. This morning, I want us to examine Hindu beliefs and what they believe about Jesus and why we believe as we do. First of all, letter A on your outline, one God or many gods. One God or many gods. Now, the very core of what Jesus taught is the fact that there is only one true God. The Old Testament taught that. Judaism believes that. Jesus taught that. There's only one God, and that's the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who's known as Yahweh in the Old Testament. That is the only true and, and living God, and that's what our text talks about. A scribe came to Jesus and said, what, what is the first commandment? And Jesus goes back to the Shema of Deuteronomy 6 saying, there is only one God. And the scribe said, you answered right, there is one God. Hindus believe there are many gods. First of all, Hinduism is, is unique in that it has no founder. Nobody started it. That's unusual for a belief system because you have, well, Jesus began Christianity and Abraham began Judaism and Muhammad began Islam and Buddha began Buddhism. But when it comes to Hinduism, it has no founder. Nobody started it. In fact, they call it an evolving religion, it is not static. It's always changing. And that's one of the things that our culture is drawn to. Our culture likes to think, as a society, we're evolving and we're growing and we're changing. And as human beings, we evolve and, and we change. They love the word evolve in our culture. So whenever you have a religion that says, oh, we're evolving with humanity, they're drawn to it. It's one of the reasons people in our culture like Hinduism. It's evolving. We believe in a, in a belief system that's never changing. That God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's, he's certain. You can count on Him. He's a rock. He's not evolving. Hinduism believes there are 330 million gods. Christianity believes there's one. To Hindus, everything in our world is a God. Everything, rocks, hills, trees, mountains, animals. So many places they'll not kill a fly. It's God. India, they'll not kill mice or rats or cows. You may be starving, they'll not kill a cow. It may be a God. Everything is a God. And there's a God behind everything. They, they, literally, they literally believe there's a God behind your car. You need to pray to the God of your car to keep it running. 
It's the God behind your cell phone. Pray to the God behind your cell phone to keep it working. It's the God behind your computer. Pray to the God behind your computer to keep your computer running. Everything is a God. There are 330 million gods. Now, although there are 330 million gods to Hindus, there are three primary gods. The highest is called Brahman. Brahman is the highest god, the god of knowledge and power. Shiva is the great mother and the goddess of judgment, and Vishnu is the goddess of fortune and beauty. There are 330 million gods, but these are the three highest gods that Hindus worship. Brahman is the highest. Brahman is described as everything in the world that is material and physical and everything that has ever been. Now try to do that for a Try to imagine for a moment. Everything in the world that has ever been. Well, you can't. It's incomprehensible. You can't do that. And so that's why some people see Hinduism as incomprehensible because you, you can't imagine everything in the world that has ever been. Hindus believe that everything has a soul. That soul is called Atman. Everything has a soul. We as Christians believe that only humans have a soul. Rocks don't have souls. Animals don't have souls. And the reason we believe that is because we're made in His image. The Bible tells us that there's something about God that He put into humanity. We are created in His image, and so therefore, we have a soul. But Hindus teach everything has a soul. And that soul is called Atman. Hindus believe that God is everything, and everything is God. Christians believe God is distinct from His creation. God created, but He did not create Himself into His world. He is distinct from He watches over His world. He governs His world, but He's distinct from His world. Hinduism believes that everything is God, and God is everything. And Hindus also believe that humans and God have the same soul. There's no distinction along with rocks and trees and animals. Letter B on your outline, what about sin? Hindus believe that there is no such thing as sin, only confusion. Confusion is what they call maya. Confusion is the problem in the world. Confusion is failing to see the world as it really is. So, in the Hindu mindset, humans do not need forgiveness. They don't need deliverance from sin. They don't need a Savior. Maya is confusion, and that's the only problem there is in the world. And as soon as you begin to see the world correctly, then Maya leaves. And, and you're, you're whole again. So you don't need a Savior, you don't need deliverance from sin, you don't need forgiveness. Just begin to see the world as it really is, Maya will leave, 
and you will be right with the world. We as Christians believe that sin is a matter of the heart, that there is sin. It's a matter of the will, it's a choice to transgress a law or a standard that God has established for us. We believe that the Bible teaches that once we have sinned, we cannot put ourselves into a right relationship with God. We need a Savior. And that Jesus died for our sins in order to forgive us and in order to deliver us, we need Him. Because we cannot be right with the world and we cannot be right with God unless a Savior forgives us and puts us back into a right standing. We believe that evil is real. That what was behind the atrocities of the Holocaust was evil. That what was behind the atrocities of slavery was evil. That what people do to children is evil. That what the drug cartels do is not confusion. It's evil. And we believe that the Bible teaches that Hindus say they're just confused. Clear up the confusion and the heart will change. What about life? Let her see. What about life? Hindus believe that there is a life force that is out there, and all of creation springs from that life force. If you want to have power, if you want to live a good life, then you get in with that life force. In fact, in the movie Star Wars, you see that. Star Wars had Hindu producers and writers. So the force is with you. It's very real in the Hindu mind. If you, if you get into the life force, if that force is in you, then you're empowered. Christians believe that God, Yahweh, He's the power behind life. And whenever you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that empowers you. And that is the force. The Holy Spirit is the force. It's what Christians believe. Hindus believe in reincarnation. They believe that there is what they call a circle of life. Sounds like the Lion King, doesn't it? The Lion King had Hindu producers. There is a circle of life they teach. That reincarnation is real. That there is continual birth and death and continual rebirth and death and rebirth and death. And the goal of life to a, to a Hindu is, is to become one with the Brahma, to somehow break free of that, of that circle of life of birth and death and rebirth and death. Somehow break free from that where you're then going to become one with Brahman. And whenever you do, you become God. 
Whereas Christians don't believe there's a circle of life, we believe life is linear. There's a beginning point, there's an ending point. You have one life, you have one birth, you have one death. And after that, the judgment. The goal of life to the Christian is to accomplish what God placed you on earth to do. To be reunited in fellowship with your Creator. Not, not to become your Creator, but to be re- reunited in fellowship with your Creator. Thus, through a relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. That life is not circular, but life is, is linear. 24% of Americans believe in reincarnation. That, is a, that, that was introduced into our culture through Hinduism. So one out of four Americans today have believed it. And one out of every four Americans that you meet believe there is a circle of life that just keeps going. You're not judged. It just keeps going. Letter D, what about Jesus? What do Hindus specifically believe about the person of Christ? Hindus believe that Jesus was a sadhu, and that means a holy man. They believe that he preached love. And therefore, since he preached love, he was a Hindu saint. They believe that after his death, Jesus did not resurrect He became Brahman's right hand. He was enlightened. And so with that enlightenment, he merged with Brahman and became his own God. In fact, they point to the John 10, 30, where Jesus said, I and the Father are one. They look at that passage and they say, see there, that's proof that he became one with Brahman. His own words even said that he did is what Hindus will say about Christ. Some Hindus regard Jesus as as an incarnation of the god Vishnu. Remember the three of them? There's Brahman, there's Shiva, and there's Vishnu. Some, Some Hindus believe that he was an incarnation of Vishnu. They believe that from time to time throughout the history of the world, Vishnu has incarnated himself. And, it, and it came in different forms. One time Vishnu was a frog. Uh, one time Vishnu came uh, as, as a dwarf. One time Vishnu came as a fish. One time Vishnu came as a tortoise. And one time Vishnu came as Jesus. So some Hindus believe that, that Jesus was an incarnation of Vishnu. Christians believe Jesus was God in the flesh, Yahweh God, the only true and living God in the flesh was Jesus, the only incarnation of God. Most Hindus also believe that as a teenager, Jesus traveled across Southeast Asia. And the reason he did was he wanted to learn the yoga traditions. And so he, he traveled all throughout Southeast Asia as a teenager, ages you know, 18 to 30, right in that time frame where we don't really know much about, the Bible doesn't tell us where, what he did in those years. 
They believe in those years he traveled, and then after he got back from Southeast Asia, learning all the Hindu traditions, then he settled down in Israel to become a Jewish guru. A lot of theologians, Hindu theologians, believe that. The only problem with that is there is, there is no tradition other than Hindu that teaches that. And there's no archaeological evidence anywhere that Jesus traveled anywhere outside of Israel. He went to the borders of Lebanon once, borders of Jordan once, but he stayed within basically the country of Israel, and there's no archaeological evidence anywhere that he came to the Americas, that he went to, to India, that he went to Tibet, uh, that he went anywhere other than Israel. Now, look at letter E on your outline. Let's talk about a little bit of the influence that Hinduism has on our culture. Hinduism has greatly influenced people around you. And they've greatly influenced American culture with its beliefs in various ways. As I mentioned, 24% of Americans believe in reincarnation. They believe that your destiny is not fixed at your death, that life is a circle that goes over and over. There are some key Hindu concepts in our culture. The concept of karma is, you've heard of karma, that's, that's Hindu teaching. 83% of Americans, 83% of Americans believe in karma. That's the Hindu concept that whatever you do in life comes back to you. If you do good, good comes back. If you do evil, evil comes back. It's karma. And that's a Hindu teaching that our culture has embraced. Yoga, transcendental meditation. Those are concepts introduced into our culture through Hindus that Americans have, have grabbed onto. Our culture has also been influenced in various industries by Hinduism. Here are some uh, famous Hindus that you may know. Mahatma Gandhi. You may know, have heard of him. Uh, he was a Hindu. George Harrison of the Beatles uh, was a Hindu. He traveled to India in 1966, practiced Hinduism all of his life. Several of the Beatles songs teach Hindu philosophy. Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead, followed Hinduism. Whenever he died in 1995, had his ashes scattered along the, the, the Ganges River in India, which is considered holy to, to the Hindus. J.D. Salinger, author of Catcher in the Rye, died in 2010. was not buried in a cemetery because of his Hindu beliefs. Julia Roberts, highest paid actress in 1990s all the way into early 2000s, had a Catholic mom and a Baptist dad, and uh, early in her career, uh, changed to Hinduism and is still now a practicing Hindu. Heather Graham, an actress, late 80s to now, raised Catholic, became a Hindu 20 years ago. Russell Brand, actor, popular on MTV, married Katy Perry in a Hindu ceremony, practices Hinduism. Kelly Williams, actress on The Practice, became a Hindu in 1996. The mantra in Hollywood is, Hinduism sells. And it sells for many reasons. Many movies were produced by Hindu writers and Hindu producers. Uh, the movie Avatar, the movie The Matrix, Star Wars, Interstellar, 
Batman. All were produced by Hindu writers and producers. The influence of Hinduism in our culture is great. In fact, the second most number of Hindu temples in the U.S. is here in Texas. New York's one, and Texas is two, uh, the number of Hindu temples around us. So you can see in a lot of different industries that Hinduism is taught, and some of us have latched on to it, even in the church, have latched on to Hindu teaching, maybe not even knowing it was Hindu influence. But what about salvation, letter F on your outline? Hindus have a different concept of salvation than Christians. Now remember, Hindus do not believe humanity needs to be saved. Sin is merely confusion. So the world as it is, the end of confusion, just in confusion and all the world's right. Ultimate salvation for a Hindu is to become one with the Brahman and believe that you can accomplish this in a lot of different ways. Hindus believe that Jews can get there. They believe that Christians can get there. They believe that Buddhists can get there. They believe that atheists can get there. Because the, the Hindu mantra about salvation is, all roads lead to the top of the mountain. You'll hear this phrase from Hindus over and over. If you try to share your faith with a Hindu, they'll say, it's okay, you can get there. All roads lead to the top of the mountain. You have the top of the mountain, and you can have a lot of different ways to get there. And so you go your way, and we'll go our way, and we'll all reach where we want to be. So folks, you can see in our contemporary culture, which values diversity and values inclusiveness, you can see why our culture would love this. Because it, it just seems right to them. A culture that is inclusive and wanting to include everybody would look at this and say, aha, Hinduism must be correct. But folks, if you look at all the belief systems in our world, they can't all be true. We're, we're only two weeks into our study and already we've seen what a vast difference between Christianity and Judaism and Hinduism. They, they can't all be right because they teach diametrically opposed teachings. They can't all be right. All roads cannot lead to the top of the mountain. Because truth, by its very nature, is exclusive. I've shared with you before, but, but the answer to 2 plus 2 is not all the integers that are out there. The answer to 2 plus 2 is not what, what do you want it to be. You can believe all the answers are correct, but mathematically the answer is 4, not 5. Not three, not ten, are not all the possible integers. It's four. And spiritual truth is the same. Jesus made a very exclusive claim. 
becoming less popular in our world in a very inclusive nature, but nonetheless true. And that claim is in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Very exclusive, but very true. All roads do not lead to the top of the mountain. A while back, a newspaper in Calcutta, India, reporter sent a, or sent a reporter out to interview a Christian missionary. So the reporter from the Calcutta newspaper went to the missionary, and they were talking, went to the missionary's home, and, and the interview was going back and forth. There was a story in the newspaper for the similarities between Hinduism and Christianity. And so they're talking through the, the belief systems of both. And at the end of the interview, the, the reporter told the Christian missionary, well, you know, many of your concepts in Christianity I also find in Hinduism. But I found one thing you Christians have, we don't. And the missionary was curious. He said, what? And the reporter said, a Savior. You have a Savior, and we don't. And folks, I'm thankful today for the truth of our Savior. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for your word today, and thank you for what you teach us. Father, I pray today that you would, um, God, you would move upon our hearts and bury the truth in our hearts so deeply that we know falsehood when we see it, whether it's in a movie, whether it's in a song, whether it's from the lips of a friend, whether it's in a book. Father, I pray that you'll help us to know the truth. The truth will set us free. So, Father, I pray for those in our congregation today that have never known the truth of Jesus, that today will be the day their sins will be forgiven, they'll be placed into a right relationship with you, and life will change for them. Father, I pray for those who are believers today who need to make decisions. Whatever spiritual decision it is, move upon their hearts, give them the courage to walk forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand.